What's up, everybody? It's your guy, Mondi, host of Love and Logic, a podcast exploring the intersections of love and logic. Welcome, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Love and Logic. Man, first, I want to say thank you, thank you, thank you to everyone who's listening, man. I mean, I am just amazed uh, to, you know, for anybody who knows about gold progression, man, when you start talking about like, you know, talking about things, it's something to think of a thing, then talk about it, then commit to it, then watch it come to pass. And as I, you know, complete this first season of Love and Logic, man, I am elated that I get to share so much with you guys. So much of myself has been poured out in these episodes that I, too, have gone back and listened to several of them, not just to like hear myself speak, but to hear like some of the deeper messages that I've been in there. I've also had an opportunity to have a few questions come through this season that I'm very, very thankful for. Now, like most people, you guys know you're promoting on social media. You have the opportunity to be trolled. And I have been trolled. I won't say it's like, no, some immense measure of trolling, but I have been trolled. And I'm actually going to answer some of the questions um, that, you know, we even were presented from people who troll me. Um, to kind of like come against my message of love. And that's okay. That's absolutely okay. You won't hear me talk about trolls very much because I don't want to give them a ton of space. So this is probably the last time you'll hear me talk about um, being trolled, at least in a negative light. So again, man, I want to say thank you to everybody who's listened, everybody who is listening, and everybody who's supporting and sharing this show, this podcast. It means everything to me, man. And um, I don't do it, you know, for, you know, a ton of likes and shares and stuff. I do it because I truly do believe that, you know, I'm just a a heart that had um, to heal, a heart that is still healing uh, from the loss or if not from the loss, from the separation of, 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 of love in a way that I, I, I wanted it, but I had not shown myself ready for it yet. And so this is an opportunity to heal with everybody else, but then also offer others an opportunity to heal as I'm sharing, you know, techniques, to use and as I'm sharing things that I learned in therapy and as I'm learning from just my very you know contextual environment that is around me so bringing it up to current events man I like to talk this week about uh, Miss Pat I was watching an episode on uh, the Breakfast Club with Miss Pat who has a show on BET plus called the Miss Pat show Miss Pat has been married for 20 plus years and you know is a you know funny comedian or whatever and she really got into the space of talking about the love of her husband and his sacrifice for her and her kids as they married and they came into this blended family approach and she said something very important was that you know she's going to retire her husband once she makes it to the space of financial security because of his sacrifice for her now she didn't exactly say those words but what she talked about was his willingness to get up and go to work and he suffered injuries and bruises and all these things but he never complained she talked about also his fear of no longer feeling needed because her career had begun to take off with this show and she's getting the notoriety that she'd always had and that he was afraid that he was no longer needed. And that was a conversation that they got to have in therapy. And so I just really want to take this moment, guys, to tell everyone, if you're in a relationship, man, I'll tell you, I forget the stats on this, but I know it was pretty high. It was something like 50 something percent, 50 plus percent. So over half of relationships and half of marriages in because people don't seek help from true professionals until they've gotten into dire straits. And what I want to do is say, man, 
don't be like that. Um, I, my relationship was like that. Unfortunately, when we went to therapy, the relationship had already ended. So we entered therapy from a deficit. And what I've since learned through therapy is that an even higher number, and my therapist was here, she was saying in her experience, more than like 80% of the clients that she'd supported that had actually come to therapy and they had already ended their relationship, they did not get back together, right? And that was huge. That's because I think once we have in our minds that something is over, we begin to shift things around and make space for other things to come in. But if the relationship of love is one that you want with the partner that you want that is before you, start seeking help before then. That would be my strongest advice. That would be my strongest encouragement is to go and seek help, man, before you get to the door. But while you're still in the house with one another, the house of love and whatever that looks like, that doesn't have to be something very physical, like you built this home together, but that you held space for one another. Right. Go and get help before then. And I also noticed this in, you know, other relationships. I had an opportunity to talk with one of my mentors this week, who I believe is absolutely amazing dude, man. I mean, a playwright, an accomplished author, you know, actually had, you know, number two book on Amazon's uh, list for some time, accomplished teacher, father, all the things, man, and found himself in a rut as well with relationships, um, with his lady simply because he was battling um you know some things of old some 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 traumas that you know needed to be addressed that showed up in your relationship and it reminds me of this old saying again guys that talks about if you know if you don't heal the inner child if you don't heal the stuff that was happening to you in the past your relationship will reveal it and oftentimes i truly believe that this happens because we may say, well, you know, my friends ain't never said nothing like this to me. Oh, ain't nobody ever else said nothing like this to me. You the only person saying something like this to me. If this sounds like you in your relationship even now, yeah, bro. Yes, sis, you need help. Because what you don't realize is that the person that you're with right now in this moment is the only person who has that intimate access to you that you've allowed to see you fully. And we talk about our friends like, yeah, we allow our friends to see us and access the full measure of us that we want them to see. Right. But it's something about an intimate partner that makes it a little bit more deeply connected. Right. And I'm not just talking about because physically we're entering each other and we're having souls. We're experiencing soul ties. We experience those with a lot of people. We experience those with our friends. I believe that's why we're able to get those deepened relationships. Right. But then it's also because this is our pillow talk person. This is our encouragement person. This is our believing person. This is the person who sees us when we are at our most vulnerable, right? This is our person who we've showered with, who we've laid in bed with, who we've gotten to be absolutely dumb, stupid, silly with, like just do crazy stuff that only the two of us can, you know, acknowledge in each other and make each other laugh. So when I say to you guys that if you find yourself in the space, right, that you've extended the invitation to love already, make sure that you're ready for it. I wasn't ready when I extended the invitation for love, but love was ready for me to show me some things that needed to be revealed. And for that, I am thankful. I'm thankful that I had to take this opportunity to separate and then begin to heal a lot of what was hurting in me. And here's the thing, too, man, you can't. You can't heal what you're not willing to reveal. 
right? And I don't mean willing to reveal to somebody else. I'm truly saying you can't heal what you are not ready to reveal to yourself, right? If you're not ready to admit that this trauma hurt you, and it doesn't even have to be childhood, right? It could be something three years ago, five years ago. It could be something from a past relationship. It could be something from your, what your father did or what your friend said or whomever said something to you that harmed you. And then it comes up in the space of you and your partner. If it even looks somewhat like it, it's an opportunity for you to, to begin to like go down a road that your partner doesn't deserve or that you don't deserve, right? And I'm encouraging you, really, man, go in and look at that and heal it. Right. Go in and heal it before it becomes a thing in your relationship. Don't be the couple that goes to therapy. Who's no longer a couple trying to see how can we become a couple again? Right. And if you find yourself in that space, that's absolutely cool, too. You've identified that you want to be with each other. You've identified that, you know, you just don't want to be with each other in this way. That's fine, too. But if you can help it. So that you're not fighting against the statistics, right? Go ahead and get help prior to that. So like I said, man, um, I want to go ahead and address some of these questions that were, you know, asked of me during the season. Um, and so, you know, they come from some of the higher played episodes, as I said earlier. You know, so just to share with you guys, the higher played or higher listened to episodes of this season were, um, you know, Love Acts um doing love right and love sets boundaries um and so some of the questions are really going to come from that space but then i know a good bit of the questions which i'm only going to answer five so if i don't get to your question man please don't shoot me you know please continue to dm me as you know i will answer those questions directly but these are just a few that i wanted to share on air um and so or on the if you say on air because this ain't live but <laughs> on the podcast but um, here's the first question. Are you sure you aren't romanticizing your ex? It seems like you make excuses for him. And so simply, I want to say this because this is one of the trolling type questions, right? Um, and you know who you are. Um, no, I'm not making excuses for my ex, right? I am owning my part. And I think what we all could benefit from is when we begin to learn what self-love looks like, Self-love doesn't allow space to really hold space for like, oh, I'm 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 letting you off the hook. Right. I'm 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 taking it real easy on you to someone who hasn't learned that yet. I can see why this would look like that. And now nah, I'm not trying to read you either. I'm really just trying to make sure that you understand that when you look at accountability, there are different levels to accountability. Now, there's the self accountability that we all try to hold, but we do miserably at. Right. Many of us do. And then so we seek out to have other people accountable, hold help to help hold us accountable. Or we have things in place that will help hold us accountable so that we can answer. And what I'm saying is for me as an adult male, I'm holding myself accountable for what I did wrong. I can't be responsible for what my partner did. Right. I used to think that I was responsible. I used to think that if I didn't acknowledge what he was doing wrong, then I. I couldn't acknowledge what I was doing wrong in response. And that's simply crazy, man. And it's immature, if you ask me, to be honest. So, no, I do not feel like I'm romanticizing the idea of my ex. And I am, in fact, holding him responsible for what his parts were. Now, it's important to note that we don't even really talk like that, right? And yet still, accountability for me 
has to be with me because I don't talk to him. Not like that. So then it becomes, well, how can I hold myself accountable for what I did so that if, not if, when the opportunity for love shows up again, that I'm ready. I'm ready to admit what I did poorly. So if the question is asked of the potential person that gets to stand before me, you know, um, and what did you do or what could you have done differently? I can, as a grown man, be able to respond to that question with honesty and integrity, not just looking to shit on someone else because, well, I'm hurt. Yeah, because the truth of the matter is I'm still hurt by the dissolving of that relationship. I'm still hurt about it. I'm not going to lie about that. But what I refuse to do is live in the shadows of that relationship and act like I didn't do things wrong, too. I did. That's partly why the relationship ended. The relationship ended because two people weren't present, not one. So, no, there's no romanticizing of my ex and acknowledging or, or removing his 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 choices in our relationship. Uh, the second question was, how do you know when to let go of the person you love for yourself? <laughs> and, and this one, man, I thought was, ooh, this one was a loaded question. You know, every now and then you get those type questions. And, it's, and so I want to repeat it. How do you know when to let go of the person you love for yourself? And I think, honestly, I think it's when you get the space of sleepless nights because your every thought is surrounded by that person right you can't think whether or not you should move forward or move backward or move sideways because of your because you're thinking of that person i think um and it's not just the thought of that person i think is when you're thinking that what they think of you matters more than what you think of you right um in a relationship you two should always be thinking of each other Right. Always thinking of each other, prioritizing each other's needs, making sure that each other's needs and wants are met. Right. And as best you can. Um, and in as best the ways that you guys can agree on, because you won't always agree, but you can always come to the center aisle to make sure that each other is heard and that, you know, and, and that you're both understood um, in the ways of understanding, not seeking to be understood, but seeking to understand first. So I think that you know this when your boundaries are being consistently, you know, um, disrespected, right? You you know this when you your voice is has become muted and you don't you don't have a voice. Now I want to be clear here, and I'm not saying that you've chosen not to have a voice, or just that you even feel like you don't have a voice. It's when truly you've been silenced not because you've not been given space and whatnot because we create our space and i think a lot of the spaces that we hold our partners accountable for we need to hold ourselves accountable for you can't expect your partner to always provide spaces for you when they're not always aware right so i think it's about you recognizing that you've been silenced after you've spoken up for yourself you've asserted yourself you've, you've asserted that your needs and desires aren't being met in this very real way and that you 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 need some accommodation you need some um understanding you need some 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 tender some tenderness you you, you want to see the tenderness of heart displayed toward you 
um, in your areas of growth and development, right? I think that's a that's a really, really tough one. But I think those are just a few pointers. And how do you know when to let go of the person you love for yourself? Um, and also when you recognize that the person no longer demonstrates love toward you. And um, I would just say go back and listen to a few of those episodes, you know, to really find out what is the demonstration of love toward you look like if you're unaware. Um, third question was, how do I bring up boundaries in my relationship? Um, To be honest, man, I think that, you know, you bring up boundaries in your relationship like you would any other conversation, right? You just start. I don't think this one is a hard one, but I think it is a necessary one. Right. I think that if we are if we're talking about, you know, our ability to receive love and to give love boundaries is an absolute must. Right. An absolute must of a conversation to have. And if we don't have this conversation, if we if we shy away from this conversation because we're frightened of the end result. We have to hold ourselves accountable and we have to recognize that who we're with perhaps needs a little more a little less or may not need to be with us if we're so frightened that we can't bring up boundaries in our relationship. Um, Another question was, what if I, let me see what it said. Okay. What if I bring up boundaries and my girl gets angry? Um, yeah, I would just say, go back to that, to that, to the last answer I just gave, like, right? Like if you're, you're, you're bringing up boundaries and someone is angered by the fact that you're saying this is what I need or this is what this is how I'd like to see things this is how I'd like to see us as long as this isn't some narcissistic type focus and this isn't some like demand being placed on you or command being placed on you as opposed to this is what you know I need and I think in the spaces of relationships we got to get used to our partners telling us what they need Right. Well, you, you don't exist in a relationship. In a singular space, right, a relationship is a shared space between two or more people. And so if you can't embrace that your partner has a need, then perhaps it's best for you to be single and focus only on what you need until you're able to accommodate the needs of the person that you're with, particularly in love. I do believe that love is accommodating. Right. Um Hell, if you ask me, man, even kindness is accommodating. So you don't even have to be, you know, really to the space of love to really accommodate somebody or request. Now, how that, you know, boundary looks or what that boundary may entail may require a different level of love, right? Um, something beyond kindness or whatever. But yeah, like if you bring up a boundary, bro, and she gets angry, here's also an approach you could ask, like, what's angering you? right now like could you share with me what's angering you right now i'm i'm trying to you know create healthy boundaries for us and for myself and i'm just not understanding the source of the anger um and allow her space to articulate that and as you listen listen for understanding um not again to be understood like because at this point you we're, we're, we're in a dance of a conversation and so now we're just kind of seeking to understand like what is angering her what about boundaries maybe she's never been introduced to boundaries maybe the relationships she's had have been boundless um and so this is a new experience for her so i'm not saying we ought to opt and run each time our boundaries are pushed 
What I am saying, though, is make sure we seek to understand what's happening first, um, but definitely have the conversation with her about boundaries, um, no matter how tough that is. Uh, because remember in the last episode, even as I talked about love and vulnerability, it is that, you know, love sets boundaries. Love love sets boundaries. I, I don't think that there's a way around that, right? Um, we have to teach people how to love us, right? Now, I'm not saying that we are controlling people in how to love us. We're teaching people in how to love us. That's why the love languages are so important because it gives us some indication of how our partners receive love, right? And how they give love. And some people, some people, believe it or not, they're, they're giving of the love language changes versus they're receiving. But that's a topic for another day. All right, so last question. Um, you said love doesn't hurt, but why does it feel like it does? Um, and so this was on another episode that I talked about um, where I said, you know, we often, the very last episode, actually, we often, you know, associate love with the persons that we get to love. And in getting to love these people, we sometimes don't recognize that these people are suffering from past hurts that have nothing to do with us. And so as we separate from them, we also take a piece of what they were experiencing with us, right? So their hurts become ours. That's why we have to be so very careful in how we choose to partner up with people as well, because, you know, in loving folks, we're not sure what they're carrying. And so I think it's so important for us to have these conversations like, who are you? You know, where did you learn to communicate? What does healthy communication look like to you? You know, these type conversations we often don't have because we are just thrilled with how each other look. Or we're thrilled and we, as many therapists refer to, we're in the honeymoon stages of meeting, you know, the person that we're with. Right. So we're still there loving on each other because we're doing all the things that we like to do together. You make me feel good. I make you feel good. Let's just continue to make each other feel good. And we don't have these deeper conversations that allow us to like really see each other from a space and so i think that when we separate it's because we've learned more about this person that we love now and more about what's hurt them or we may not have learned much of anything that has hurt them because we still haven't had those conversations and now we're walking away with pieces of them that were hurt because pieces of us were left there right and so what we're walking away with is the parts of them that hurt us and whatever they had as well and so I don't think that this can be conflated, though, with love. Love is a principle and a principle that we often get the experience of feeling. Right. And so because we feel we feel like love hurts because we walked away from the one that hurt us. And it's important to note, man, that sometimes these people who hurt us are, are well intentioned. But again, coming back to the spaces that it's not just about the intent, it's about the impact. And so the intentions are good. But we only walk away with the impact. And so the impact sometimes is very hurtful of unhealed, you know, unresolved and unidentified, you know, hurt. And so I think that's what hurt us. So I want to go on record again, having said, man, that I personally don't believe I, I really don't. And I, I encourage anyone to challenge this. And, um, you know, have these conversations next season. Be, you know, be mindful. I'll be ready. 
I'll be ready to have these discussions um, on the podcast and doing on YouTube. So sometimes we'll go back to lives like we did at the beginning. Um, you know, but I just personally do not. I personally do not believe that love itself hurts. And if you ask me, honestly, that's why I believe I've been able to heal the way that I have. It's not to say that my heart still doesn't resonate with the pain of, you know, the the dissolving of the relationship that I had. Right. It does. But I've been able to heal. Having sat in this space with love for a while now to really understand the characteristics and the traits of love. So it's impossible for love to hurt me. It is not impossible for the person that love comes through to hurt me, though. Right. Love itself doesn't hurt. And when I think about the spaces that I've gotten to share with that love. Right. Man, nothing about that hurt me. Everything about that felt good. I mean, absolutely everything about that felt good to me. Everything about that felt good to me. And I don't regret a second of it. Right. And so I would just, again, encourage us to go back again and look at what are our beliefs about love? If you truly believe that love hurts, then, well, love is possibly going to hurt. If you truly believe that love doesn't last, well, then, possibly for you, love won't last. I really do believe that we could stand reframing our ideas on love and beginning to really reassess, like, where do we develop these ideas? And go beyond what we have done in past time and become truly vulnerable with ourselves to ask ourselves like, yo, where did I get this from? Why is it here? Because love is patient and love is kind and love does not envy and love does not boast and love is not proud and love keeps no record of wrongs and love always protects and love always prevails. And why am I experiencing something different from that in this loving space? And if I'm experiencing something different, is it in fact love or is it in fact the experience itself with the person that I've had it with, right? And I think that's the thing, right? So as we begin to really look at some of those things, man, look, listen, love restores also. So give yourself a space to become restored. Love just doesn't restore partnerships. Love restores individuals. Love restores us. I don't know if you caught that when I said, you know, that's how I'm healed. Because I recognize the personhood of love now, I'm healing still and healed in many areas, but healing still. You know, a lot of my stuff is healed, like in terms of my childhood. So I know now none of that stuff will show up again. Feeling unloved, making my partner suffer because you don't want to spend quality time with me because that's my that's my love language. You know, that you don't love me because that's just not true. But because I was abandoned as a child. You know, and I didn't feel like my parents ever really returned for me, you know, in those spaces. My partner, when I saw things that reflected that, that's exactly what I lashed out on. Right. And so I just began to see that as a way to, to communicate. And it was it was poorly communicated. You know what I mean? It was poorly communicated. So really go back and and recognize that love has an opportunity to restore you too. And when, you know. I think it's important that when you feel alone, that, you know, you really start trying to communicate what your needs are with your partner so that you don't end up having like mindless, you know, fights or, 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 or try to become clinging or controlling and focused on like 
I don't know. I mean, focus on superficial stuff. And I think it's important, you know, to note that, you know, sometimes we do these things just because we are trying to feel connected. But deep down, the connection that we want, it comes from some other place. And now because love has been present in the space of our partnerships, we feel like, well, this was the last space I identified love and it was broken. So it must be broken here, too. That's a belief. That's a core belief. And I'm saying go back and, and, and reevaluate that, right? When you feel alone, it isn't always that you are alone. It's just that maybe the person that you're with has a different sense of what togetherness looks like. That's a conversation. That shouldn't be a deal breaker, right? That's a conversation. And then it takes some practicing, right? So... I just want to suggest to you all, man, in those spaces that love doesn't hurt. That was probably the more lengthy question to ask. But again, man, I want to thank you guys for tuning in with me as always. I really, really, really appreciate you guys rocking with me this season. And there is more to come on the second season. You know, I'm excited about what will happen, what will be delivered. So stay tuned, guys, and stay in love. And until next time, love yourselves and love someone else on purpose. 